0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Divisional Round Edition of Filato on Football here on Big Blue View Radio. I am the host of the show, Nicholas Falato, and we're going to go through the four-game slate of what happened and what materialized during the divisional round of the playoffs Saturday and Sunday games. We'll start with the Saturday games when the beat-up Los Angeles Rams traveled to the frigid nature of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and took on the Packers. And it was the Packers that prevailed because Aaron Rodgers is an absolutely dynamic quarterback right now yes he's getting older he was drafted the year after eli manning but he's still playing at such a high level and he had probably his best year yet which is insane to think about but the rams they were beat up going into this game cooper cup injured his knee late in the rams victory over the seattle seahawks in the wild card round and he could not dress in this game so it was josh reynolds and van jefferson who filled in for him and both of them were admirable but it was all Packers. And it was funny, too, because Jared Goff ended up starting this game. Jared Goff is the long-term contracted quarterback on the Los Angeles Rams. But it seems like Sean McVay really wants a mobile quarterback. It seems like he wanted to start Johnny Wolford in this game, but Johnny Wolford left last game with a neck injury. Again, the Rams were very beat up, he could not play. So it was Jared Goff and his swollen right thumb that had to go out there and play this game. He had surgery on his thumb two weeks before this game, and he's out here playing against the Green Bay Backers in a playoff game. He had to wear a glove, and you know what? He had a couple passes early on that were pretty nice. You could tell in his rotation when he was going up to throw the football that he had to overcompensate for the injured thumb and he would turn his hand before the release point to ensure that that ball didn't slip out he couldn't really rely on the thumb to squeeze the ball in the cold weather and that was something that you can kind of see in Jared Goff's throwing motion but the Rams couldn't really do anything offensively it was mostly just Cam Akers who is an absolute stud he had 18 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown Jared Goff did throw a touchdown and that was to Van Jefferson, but. There wasn't a lot that the Rams could really establish in this game. And Green Bay ends up just kind of piling on the points. And then towards the end of the game, the Rams just turn the ball over on downs to try to force their way back into a one-possession game, but just could never actually get quite there. There was a point in the game early in the fourth quarter when the Rams were able to close the distance because it was 10-25. to And the Rams had an 11-play drive that was marked 79 yards ended by Cam Akers' 7-yard rushing touchdown, and then a 2-point conversion, which was a hook and ladder, which was really, really cool. And that actually made the score 18-25. to It's a one-score game, but then after a couple punts, Aaron Rodgers found Alan Lazard streaking down the field for a 58-yard touchdown to kind of solidify the fact that Green Bay is going and hosting the NFC Championship game. They're going to be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll get into that in a little bit. This game, there were no turnovers in this game. It wasn't sloppy from that stance. It was just a better offense against a good defense, but the defense wasn't exactly healthy either with Aaron Donald with his rib injuries. And Matt LaFleur just kind of put on a coaching clinic, really, a play-calling clinic, getting Devontae Adams opened on little motions from the backside into the flat, right before the snap running full speed getting him the momentum that he needs to break away from Jalen Ramsey and we saw Jalen Ramsey incredibly frustrated at his teammates on that one play which was a Devontae Adams touchdown Devontae ended the game 10 targets, 9 catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Alan Lazard, 8 targets, 4 catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. And Bobby T, Robert Tanyan had 4 targets, caught all 4 of them for 60 yards. And Aaron Rodgers was just kind of clicking. 296 yards passing, 2 touchdowns, 23 of 36. Looking really good. The running game for Green Bay was also really solid. Aaron Jones, 14 carries, 99 yards for a touchdown with a 60-yard long run. Jamal Williams, 12 for 65. A.J. Dillon got in there, 6 for 27. And the better team ended up advancing. This is what a lot of people envisioned. They envisioned the Green Bay Packers winning this game. I think the spread was 6.5. Green Bay was favored. And they hoped that the Los Angeles Rams defense could kind of hold Green Bay in place. But that just wasn't the case. They couldn't even touch Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is back there just having fun. He wasn't sacked one time. Jared Goff was sacked four times. And I know you have Aaron Donald. He was hurt. Leonard Floyd, he's going to be a free agent. He's a very good pass rusher. You have a good defense. I mean, Brendan Staley just got the Chargers job which is insane to think about because he ascended so quickly and you thought the Chargers would go with someone like Brian Dayball but the Chargers wanted to hire Brandon Staley who is this ascending defensive mind defensive coordinator and now he gets the head coaching job for the Los Angeles Chargers and that's just kind of how quick this ends up going now if the Rams won this game then maybe he doesn't get this job because he wouldn't have been able to be hired and If the Bills lost, maybe Brian Dayball would have got the job. Now, I don't think, I don't know if it's that simple, but timelines do end up mattering. And if, it's if the owner of the Chargers, Dean Spanos, has two guys favored in a similar light, he may just go with the one that is available at the time. And he locks up Brennan's right Daily. So good for him, but the Rams are sent in packing. Good defense, need to work on the offense. It's uh, going to be an interesting quarterback discussion. It should be Jared Goff because all the money is tied up into him. But he's definitely somebody that you could tell Sean McVay is not pleased by. He has no mobility. He never runs and never uses his legs. You look at a lot of the popular quarterbacks right now in the NFL. I mean, even the quarterbacks that are left, you really have Tom Brady, who isn't mobile, but he's Tom freaking Brady. But then you have Josh Allen. You have Aaron Rodgers, who is mobile. You have Patrick Mahomes, if he's healthy, who's mobile. And then you have Tom Brady, who isn't, but... It's just the league is trending towards mobility. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, even Daniel Jones. A lot of mobility. So, Packers advance 32 to 18. All right, but before we get into the rest of these games, the three games, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. The Saturday night game was supposed to be a jam-packed, just scoring fest between the Baltimore Ravens, kind of power gap, smash mouth type of running football team who has someone like Lamar Jackson with incredibly dynamic explosive ability against his Buffalo Bills offense that was just clicking and it couldn't have been more opposite than that the Buffalo Bills win this game 17-3 in a windy game where there were four missed field goals eight punts two Ravens turnover on downs and then the one gigantic play which was a pick six by the Buffalo Bills that really helped sway this game towards the bills Teron Johnson kind of jumps an out route takes it to the house against Lamar Jackson and the rest is history and that was in the second half and the bills at this point this was a very very sloppy game and this play was in the beginning of the second half and the Ravens could never get anything going Lamar Jackson ends up getting injured in the second half a little bit after this and then they had to bring in their backup RG3 is on the injured reserve Trace McSorley has been hurt for the last several weeks so they had to bring in Tyler Huntley who is electrifying in his own right to be honest was throwing some decent balls but to ask him to come back against this Buffalo Bills defense in that situation down multiple scores is just unfair they had a couple opportunities he just missed Marquise Brown deep on one throw he threw it deep and Marquise Brown had about two steps on Tredavious White he was a Pro Bowl corner but Huntley just missed him so the Ravens, if they scored on that, this would have been a one-score game, and they would have had that final possession as well. That would have been their last possession of the game because the last possession for the Baltimore Ravens was a 12-play, 56-yard drive. They were moving the football. It was a bunch of checkdowns, and the Bills were ensuring that they could not get beat deep. But on that drive before, they did get beat deep. It's just Huntley ended up missing them, and the Bills end up... <laughs> going to the AFC Championship game here. I mean, so much credit is deserved to Josh Allen, to Brian Dayball, Sean McDermott, to this entire coaching staff, to these players. I mean, Devin Singletary had seven carries for 25 yards. There was a big portion of the game that they just didn't run the ball. They didn't give Devin Singletary a carry until late in the second quarter. They could just rely on Josh Allen's arm. Josh Allen threw the ball 37 times. 23 of 37 for 206. One touchdown against this Baltimore Ravens team that has Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, and Marcus Peters. Incredibly good safeties as well. Very good corners, like I just named. A good pass rush. One of the better defenses led by Wink Martindale. One of the best defensive coordinators in the league. But still, Steph Diggs gets fed. 11 targets, 8 for 106 and 1. John Brown, good game. 11 targets, 8 for 62. Just peppering his targets with the guys like Cole Beasley, who was injured. He had two targets, didn't catch either. Gabriel Davis got dinged up, had four targets, didn't catch any. So he relied on his healthy weapons, and he found a way to win this game against a good defense. Yes, he was at home. and Now he gets the, hopefully, Kansas City Chiefs with Pat Mahomes, because that's still up in the air as of right now, because Pat Mahomes left the game with an injury in the third quarter. Chad Henney had to come in. And we hope Lamar Jackson is okay as well. He left this game, and that's not the reason the Baltimore Ravens lost. Definitely didn't help. Kudos to Teron Johnson, who made that huge play. Johnson was the guy a couple years ago at the Combine who went viral because he turned the wrong way during the gauntlet drill and got beamed in the head with a football. So now he comes and he makes this gigantic play that helps secure a victory for his team. has got to feel excellent. For the young player. And this defense is playing really well with the Buffalo Bills. Tremaine Edmonds is flying around. Jadavius White, one of the best shutdown corners. Ever since Matt Milano came back, who's an impending free agent, by the way, who's making so much money for himself, this defense has been clicking. They've been getting pressure on the quarterback. They've been getting sacks. Their run defense is vastly improved. I remember they got studs like AJ Epinesa, who they drafted this year, and Ed Oliver, who they drafted in the first round two years ago. Even guys who used to be on. NFC East teams like Trent Murphy, who's always a very sound player, wasn't overly athletic, but was gap disciplined, strong at the point of attack, leveraged his gaps, and never really made any mistakes. And they have a bunch of these kind of guys who are just good football players, Jordan Poyer, Jerry Hughes, Levi Wallace. So Buffalo, you know their fans are jumping through tables, every table in the upstate New York area is shaking right now. But you know what? Bills deserve it, man. I love when good fan bases get rewarded. Speaking of good fan bases, the Cleveland Browns, you got to the divisional round, but you lost. They end up losing in the first Sunday game against the Kansas City Chiefs, 22-17. It gets really close. It looked like it wasn't going to be close at all because Kansas City was clicking on all cylinders. When Pat Mahomes was in there, when he was healthy, and they were moving the football, Pat Mahomes finishes this game 21-30, of 30, 255 yards, and one touchdown. Darryl Williams running the football really well. 13 carries for 78 yards. The touchdown went to Travis Kelsey, by the way, who finished the game 11 targets, 8 for 109. Tyreek Hill, 8 for 110. And the Browns just couldn't really stop them. They were forcing them to field goals a little bit, which was excellent for them. But Harrison Bucker was terrible in this game. He hit one field goal that was plus 50. That's good. Missed another. Missed an extra point And allowed this game to get kind of close. And then in the third quarter, when... Pat Mahomes ends up getting injured Chad Henney can't really do much with the football Ends up trying to push the ball vertically And throws an interception And Cleveland Has a chance to drive down the field They actually drove down 7 plays Could not convert the 3rd and 11 And they punted the football And that was the last time Cleveland would touch the football But before that They had an 18 play 75 yard drive This was all after Pat Mahomes ends up getting hurt before that drive, they had an eight play, 77 yard drive. And ended in a touchdown. So, within those four drives, in the early parts of the fourth quarter, it was a touchdown for Cleveland, a field goal for Kansas City, a touchdown for Cleveland, and an interception for the Chiefs. Everything was going Cleveland's way. If this game was a little longer, Cleveland could have found a way to win this football game. And the Chiefs narrowly escaped getting out of this. And even to start the second half, Cleveland came out. Baker Mayfield throws an interception to Tyron Matthew, who just jumps right in front of Jarvis Landry. And it looked like this was going to be a terrible game. Looks like there was no way Cleveland was going to cover that 10-point spread, which was huge to begin with. But Harrison Bucker goes out there, misses a 33-yard field goal, was terrible the entire day. And Cleveland methodically drives down the field, Chiefs have to methodically drive down the field because Pat Mahomes ends up getting injured on that next field goal that they end up making. And Chad Henney came in. And that was on a quarterback run where it looked like Mac Wilson like pulled on Pat Mahomes' neck. It wasn't a great look. I-, I didn't like the hit whatsoever. And the Chiefs barely get out of this. Could you imagine a Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns? AFC championship game. I'd support that. I would. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it would be interesting, to say the least, with those two fan bases and one of those fan bases being guaranteed a spot in the Super Bowl. Do you imagine? Cleveland, they could turn the football over. Chiefs turned the football over in this game. Time of possession was about even. Chiefs outgained Cleveland 438-308. to 308. Because, again, the Chiefs were able to drive down the field multiple times get in the field goal range. Cleveland's defense did a good job kind of stabilizing a little bit, coming up with some third down stops, but the Chiefs couldn't cash in for any points because their kicker wasn't necessarily on. And that's that, really, to be honest. When it comes to Kansas City's receivers outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, it'd Harmon with four catches for 58 yards. Darryl Williams got involved in the passing game. Le'Veon Bell was basically a non-factor in this game. It was more Darryl Williams. And for the Cleveland Browns, they tried to establish a run with Nick Chubb. He had a couple incredibly effective runs, 13 carries for 69 yards. That's solid for sure. It's above average. But some of those runs were just very impressive. And Kareem Hunt didn't really get a touch until I think the second half. He ends up getting the touchdown, six carries for 32 yards and a touchdown. The Browns were just trying to throw to some of these receivers outside the numbers a little bit on dig routes. You could tell the Chiefs really focused on Jarvis Landry. He ended up having seven catches for 20 yards and then that one touchdown on 10 targets. But they were keying on him. Rashard Higgins, seven targets, five for 88. It's like the Chiefs and Steve Spagnola were saying to the Browns look, beat us with Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples Jones, and whoever your number two tight end is. We're going to put eight in the box. We're going to try to stop your run, and we're going to key on Jarvis Landry. And the second tight end, a lot of the time, was David Njoku, who had five targets, caught four for 59. Solid game, for sure. The Browns almost pulled this off. It would would have been a miracle, but they almost pulled it off. Let's move to the last game of the slate, which is the Buccaneers versus the Saints in New Orleans in the Superdome. Tampa Bay, after losing twice to the Saints this season, since they play in the same division, the NFC South, prevail. And they win this game 30-20. to Drew Brees just did not look good whatsoever. Tom Brady looked very good. Brees ended up throwing three interceptions, only threw for 134 yards, just couldn't push the ball vertical, had one touchdown, which was one of them was to Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith actually ended up having two touchdowns in the game, three for 85. Sean Payton did, uh, made a really nice call. He used the play that the Bears used against him when Mitchell Trubisky threw a dime to Javon Wims and Wims ended up dropping the ball he used that same play it's a little line the quarterback up on the boundary get the ball to a wide receiver he pitches it to the quarterback on an end around and then Alvin Kamara leaks out into the flat and does a wheel and everyone focuses on Kamara but the number two wide receiver in the formation next to James Winston blocks down and then goes right up the field and splits the middle of the field nobody pays attention to him Javon Williams dropped the pass, Traquan Smith did not, Traquan Smith just ran, could throw by Jameis Winston as well, who ended up throwing that pass with a 56-yard touchdown to Traquan Smith. Michael Thomas got goose-egged. He had four targets. Dude got goose-egged. Wow. I know he struggled in week one before he got injured against the Buccaneers, but holy crap. It's just the Saints offense couldn't do anything. Alvin Kamara only had six targets, three for 20. They keyed on him. They always do. Emmanuel Sanders, nine targets, six for 48. And the Saints team, we might have seen the last of Drew Brees, man. The Saints team just couldn't beat their division rivals. And it allowed Tom Brady and company to go in there and just beat them. Just beat them. This was the, Early on in the game, this game was a back and forth. It was fun. It was exciting. But in the second half, it was basically all Tampa Bay. Drew Brees doesn't even get sacked in this game. He just couldn't find his receivers. He couldn't push the ball past the intermediate parts of the field. Sad to see. It sucks. Drew Brees is a great... And we might not see him again, like I said, but that's the way uh, life comes at you kind of fast, I guess you can say. Alvin Kamara in this game, 18 for 85. No touchdowns. It was was just a bad offensive output from a really good offensive team. And Tampa Bay, who's another really good offensive team, ends up winning this game. But it's insane because if you looked at the stats, Antonio Brown had one catch. Chris Godwin had four catches. And Mike Evans had one catch. If you said... That Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans had six catches between them. <laughs> what would you have predicted this game would have been like? You would have been like, oh wow, Tampa Bay got steamrolled. Holy crap, the Saints did it again. But no. Tom Brady and Company won this football game. <laughs> and literally, Evans and Brown had two catches between the both of them. Antonio Brown ends up getting thinged up a little bit. Mike Evans had the one catch, three yards, four touchdown against Marcus Lattimore, and those two just definitely do not like each other. Then Chris Godwin was four for 34 on seven targets didn't really do anything. Cameron Bree, four for 50, five targets. Leonard Fournette, five for 44, six targets. It's a lot of just short, little dump-offs, and, and then the Saints would rally to the football. But Tom Brady ended up having a Russian touchdown in this. Ronald Jones was 13 for 62. Leonard Fournette, 17 for 63. A nice balanced attack. Tom Brady didn't even go north of 200 passing yards. Didn't have to. Had his two touchdown passes. One to Fournette, one to Evans. Was efficient with the football. And the Saints just kept turning the football over. So Tampa Bay's defense kept coming up with these turnovers, whether it be the three interceptions that Drew Brees threw or the fumble that Jared Cook had. And they were all basically on near midfield or on the the Saints side of the field. So Tampa Bay had excellent field position so many times. All these stats were comparable between both teams, except the score and the turnovers, which obviously are the important ones, but time of possession, comparable. First downs, the same. They each had 20 first downs. Total yards, Tampa Bay at 316. New Orleans had 294. But the turnovers, Tampa Bay had zero. New Orleans had four. Score, Tampa Bay 30, New Orleans 20. And now we get to see Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers, something I've been clamoring to see in the Super Bowl for a very long time. Now it's in Lambeau. I know Tom Brady played all those years in New England, but now he's a little bit older, playing in the snow and in the cold, which is probably going to be. thats might not be the best for him. This is going to be interesting to see this Florida team go up to the freezing cold temperatures of Lambeau Field to play a red-hot Aaron Rodgers. But I'm all for it. We're going to be talking about it here on Filato on Football, and I hope you guys will be listening. So thank you for tuning in to this divisional round edition of Filato on Football here on Big Blue View Radio. I am the host, Nicholas Falato. Please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and have a lovely day. Take care.